Our gospel reading this morning comes from the gospel according to John, second chapter, verses 1 through 11. On the third day, there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee. Jesus' mother was there, and Jesus and his disciples were also invited to the celebration. When the, when the wine ran out, Jesus' mother said to him, They don't have any wine. Jesus replied, Woman, what does that have to do with me? My time hasn't come yet. His mother told the servants, Do whatever he tells you. Nearby were six stone water jars used for the Jewish cleansing ritual, each able to hold about 20 or 30 gallons. Jesus said to the servants, Fill the jars with water, and they filled them to the brim. Then he told them, Now draw some from them and take it to the head waiter. And they did. The head waiter tasted the water that had become wine. He didn't know where it came from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew. The head waiter called the groom and said, Everyone serves the good wine first. They bring out the second-rate wine only when the guests are drinking freely. You kept the good wine until now. This was the first miraculous sign that Jesus did in Cana of Galilee. He revealed his glory, and his disciples believed in him. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Story that I found this week uh, talked about the fact that, that Jews attached great importance to the high moments of life. The different passages that one would go through were, were times for, for celebration. And a wedding wasn't just a brief ceremony. You know, it, these days, it, you're lucky if a wedding lasts 20 minutes and then there's a big party afterwards. The typical wedding feast in Jesus' day could last up to seven days. That sounds strange to our modern way of thinking, but this offered a, a bright spot in what a lot of times was otherwise a pretty dreary existence. The ceremony would begin on Tuesday at midnight. After the wedding, the father of the bride would take his daughter to every house so that everyone might congratulate her. It was a community experience, and weddings were a time of joy. The story goes that years ago when Johnny Carson was the host of The Tonight Show, he interviewed an eight-year-old boy. The young man was asked to appear because he had rescued two friends in a coal mine outside his hometown in West Virginia. As Johnny questioned the boy, it became apparent to him and the audience that the young man was a Christian. So Johnny asked him if he attended Sunday school. When the boy said he did, Johnny inquired, what are you learning in Sunday school? Last week came his reply. Our lesson was about when Jesus went to a wedding and turned water into wine. The audience roared, but Johnny tried to keep a straight face. Then he said, and what did you learn from that story? The boy squirmed in his chair. It's apparent he hadn't thought about this. But he lifted up his face and said, if you're going to have a wedding, make sure you invite Jesus. <laughs> the little boy was on to something. Weddings are a time of joy. So at the wedding, which Jesus attended in Cana of Galilee, there was great joy until a problem developed. They were running out of wine. And this was not only a, a social embarrassment, but it also wound up, it, people would take that, if they had run out of wine, they would have taken it as a symbol that this marriage was going to run out of wine before the, the end of things. So that you know, they weren't going to have a joyful, um, a joyful marriage. And so Mary obviously knows the couple and is quite concerned that, that, that they're fixing to embarrass themselves. And comes to Jesus 
and tells Jesus, we, you, you got to do something here. They're fixing to run out of wine. And Jesus gives an answer that sounds really, really harsh to our modern ears. And I don't, I, I don't know that it sounded as harsh to Mary as it does to us. But I can assure you, if one of my girls addressed me as woman, it would be the last time it happened. <laughs> but Jesus, and she says to Jesus, they need wine. And Jesus says, woman, that's not my problem, basically. That my time hasn't come yet. I, I, this isn't anything I can do anything about. And I love Mary's response. Mary's not wasting any more time with Jesus. Mary goes to the servants and says, y'all do whatever he tells you to do. She knows Jesus can take care of it. She's got, at that point, it looks like in the reading of the text that she's got more faith in Jesus than Jesus has faith in Jesus. Of course, this was his first miracle. So, you know, there may have been some, some question in his mind about, can I really do this? Is this, you know, yeah, yeah. I don't know how you do a miracle when you've never done one before. I don't know how you do a miracle at all. But So there may have been, that may have been behind some of the reticence of Jesus saying, no, nah, I really don't want to get involved here. Mary's like, oh, no, no, fine. You, 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 just, you just sit there and servant, y'all do whatever he tells you to do. And so Jesus did it. And Jesus made water into wine. And not only did Jesus make water into wine, but notice it was good stuff. They take it out to the host, and they're impressed because usually what happened at, at weddings was because it was a long party, you'd serve the good stuff first, and then once everybody had had a little too much to drink and wasn't quite as discerning in their palate, then you'd bring out the cheap stuff. This is The wine that Jesus made was better than the wine to start with. And so they were so impressed. This, this made them look, made the, the family look really good. They had saved the best for last. There are a couple of, of lessons I think we can take from this. One is that Jesus is, in fact, interested in and cares about the little stuff of our lives. You know, I, I've had folks tell me time and again when they're having a problem or they're wrestling with something, or things just aren't quite going right, I'll ask, have you prayed about it? No, nah, I'm not going to bother God with that. He, he's, got, he, he's got wars to take care of. He's got famines to take care of. He, he's not worried about me. Yes, he is. God is big enough to handle the wars and the famines and the earthquakes and the volcanoes and all that stuff and to take care of whether or not your kid's going to get into college, whether or not you're going to get along with your spouse, whatever it is that's bothering you maybe financial difficulties that you're having. Take it to God. God wants us to come to him. We need to do exactly what Mary did. And go, hey, God, i got a problem here. I don't know what to do. I don't know how to handle this. God is interested in and cares about the little things in our life. Part of what made Jesus' miracle so powerful is that he would not only restore the person's body when he worked a miracle, but by in restoring the person's body, he restored them to relationship with their families. Because particularly the lepers and some of the others with skin to the woman with the hemorrhage, they had been cast out of their homes because they were unclean. And so in working that miracle, Jesus not only heals the person, which is wonderful, but he also restores them into relationship with their families. He gets them back into that social circle. 
the very social circle that Jesus saves in this wedding. So that's the first point, is that Jesus cares about the, the little minutiae of our lives. The other thing, point that I want to make is that Jesus is our source of life. You know, wine was a staple in Jesus' day because the water wasn't safe to drink. Um, I actually dated a guy briefly when I was in college who swore up and down that it wasn't, it wasn't wine, it was grape juice that Jesus turned it into. And I, <laughs> I, just sort of, I finally had to shake my head and we went our separate ways. Because they, they didn't have refrigeration in those days. It was wine. It was fermented because it was safe. That was the only way it was safe to drink. You'd get sick drinking the water. So that's why wine was such a, a staple. The, Mary turns to Jesus when the wine runs out. We need to turn to Jesus when our wine runs low. When we're running out of energy, we're starting to run on fumes. Our spiritual energy is not there. Um, our physical energy may not be far behind. We need to go to Jesus. And let Jesus fill us up. There was a story about Ernest Hemingway that I found really interesting. Uh, Ernest Hemingway was a person who went for it all. He was a newspaper reporter, an ambulance driver during World War II, involved in the Spanish Civil War, friend to bullfighters as well as authors. He did it all. And when he did it, he did it to the fullest. In a manner of speaking, he enjoyed the wine of life. But there came a day when the wine ran out. Carlos Baker records it in his biography of Hemingway in this way. Sunday morning dawned bright and cloudless. Ernest awoke early as always. He put on the red emperor's robe and padded softly down the padded stairway. The early sunlight lay in pools on the living room floor. He noticed that the guns were locked up in the basement, but the keys, as he well knew, were on the window ledge above the kitchen sink. He tiptoed down, tip down to the basement stairs and unlocked the storage room. It smelled as dank as a grave. He chose a double-barreled shotgun with a tight choke. He had used it for years to shoot pigeons. He took some shells from one of the boxes in the storage room, closed and locked the door and climbed the basement stairs. If he saw the bright day outside, it did not deter him. He crossed the living room to the front foyer, a shrine-like entryway five feet by seven feet, with oak-paneled walls and a floor of linoleum tile. He slipped in two shells, lowered the gun butt carefully to the floor, leaned forward, pressed the twin barrels above his forehead, just about the eyebrows, and tripped both triggers. What are you going to do when the wine runs out? You know, this is, Ernest Hemingway is an extreme example, but it's an example of what can happen to us when the wine runs out, when we don't know where to go to get more. Now hopefully, you'll reach out to God or another person before the wine runs out. Because God puts people in our lives to help us, to be the wine for us when we can't quite get to Jesus. There's a story of a, a man who was in a uh, house that was flooding. And he's up on his roof and he's praying to God. And he's praying for God to save him. 
And a guy in a rowboat comes by and says, hey, you want to you wanna hop in the rowboat? Nope, nope, I'm waiting for God to save me. Rowboat goes on. A little while later, a helicopter comes by. Water's still rising. Helicopter comes by. Hey, buddy, grab a hold of this rope. We'll get you off that roof. Nope, nope, I'm waiting for God to save me. Man drowns. He gets to heaven and says, God, why didn't you save me? God says, I sent you a rowboat and a helicopter. What else did you want? <laughs> we can be each other's wine. We can be God for each other. Not that we are God, but God acts through us to help other people. And so we can help to furnish that wine when that wine runs out. And, and it, it's gonna, wine's, your wine's going to run low at some point. It just is. But talk to God. Talk to another person. Talk to your doctor. Talk to somebody before the wine runs out. You know, Hemingway had a, a, a wonderful life and an absolutely hor horrible death because he didn't know where to go when wine ran out. Y'all know where to go. Y'all know to go just like Mary did. Go to Jesus. Go to the source. And let God help you. Because God cares. Because God cares about even the stuff that we consider to be the little stuff of our lives. God wants to be involved. God wants a relationship with you. We just have to open our hearts and open our mouths to him. And he will be there for us. Amen. <laughs>